Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Well, pull up an ice block and lend an ear. When there's ice and snow on the road, you pump the brake. I was pumping it. I'll pump this. I have an air conditioner in the window of my house. Last summer, I turned it around the other way. I turned it around full blast. And it got cold out. Whoa, man. Dude, chill out. Won't you follow his lead and just chill out, man? Hey, chill out, dude. You're as cold as... It's like a snake in winter. How many days left in summer? A lot, I think. Oh! Damn it, I just want it to snow again. I just thought something else. From the 80s, the blizzard of 78. Now from the toasty, warm Bob and Sherry studios, it's Bob and Sherry. Ooh, happy gateway to the weekend. Happy hour returns. It's our first, it's our first happy hour of the new year at 7 o'clock Eastern on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. We're all going to be there, so we hope you'll pop by and have a drink with us and celebrate the new year. And you guys, I, I learned something fascinating about the actor Ed O'Neill, who played mm-hmm. um, Al Bundy and the yes. dad on Modern Family, okay? Right. So Jesse um, Tyler Ferguson, who was also on Modern Family, has a podcast, and Ed O'Neill was on the podcast. He's 77 now, which blows my mind because, like, to me, he's always been 50. Like, he's probably, to me, been 50 since he was 25. Like, he's just always yeah, that's been 50. Right. So yeah. he's 77 now, and he's from Youngstown, Ohio, and growing up, he wanted to be an NFL player. He played college football at Ohio University and at Youngstown State University. And I didn't know this. Did you? He was signed by the Pittsburgh Steelers. I Did you know, know that? that? I had read that. I had read that. Yeah. That's a big deal. Wow. But he got cut. He got cut by the Steelers. And he said, I didn't know what I was going to do for my life. The only thing I thought I could do other than play football was organized crime. I had friends in organized crime in Youngstown. And one of those guys, a guy named Jim, called me and said, hey, take a ride with me. I want to talk to you. So they're out in the car and they're driving around. And Ed O'Neill says, Jim says to him, how you doing? You know, you got caught. You got no money. And Ed O'Neill said, yeah, I'm broke. I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, and he chit-chats back and forth. and. They talk about, you know, you know, this guy, you know, that guy, and here's a chance, maybe an offer you can't refuse to make a little bit of money. It's easy stuff. You collect here, you drop something off there, you lean on a guy a little bit, you can make good money. And Ed O'Neill said, ah, let me think about that. I don't know, because I'm also thinking about leaving this town to pursue acting. So he gets home. And his dad sees who he was in the car with. 
And Ed O'Neill's dad knows that Jim is a bad guy. And so Ed O'Neill's dad said, hey, Eddie, I saw you were taking a ride with Jimmy. This is how you know this happened in the Northeast because everybody's Eddie, Jimmy, Mikey, Danny, (laughs) Petey, Pauly, Stevie, Bobby, Timmy, Tommy. Okay. So dad says, hey, Eddie, I saw you taking a ride with Jimmy. Just want to ask you a question. You think you can do time? And uh, and um, Ed O'Neill's like, ah. Uh, and then his dad said, you couldn't do time. You'd have a hard time being in jail. And Ed said, yeah, yeah, I think I'd have a very hard time being in jail. And he said, and that was the moment that I made the decision that I was going to pursue, leave home and pursue acting. Isn't right that move. interesting? It is wow. very interesting. And you're, you're so right about the names. Those, uh, they're not all gangsta. I mean, I'm a Bobby, but that part of the world, if you're a Bobby, like my oldest friends call me Bobby. Um, if you're a Tommy, if you're a Jimmy, uh, that you never become a James. You're always Jimmy. Dude, my brother isn't called Marky. Like you would think right. you couldn't add E to Mark, but n- not everybody right. calls him that. And every once in a while in, in the past, when I would bring Kevin up to visit family, somebody would say, Hey, Kevy, you want a beer? And Kevin would be like, Oh, who's Kevy? <laughs> like, what is this? Right. It's, yeah, <laughs> what is it's this? very true. Oh, Mary thinks yeah. it's hysterical when one of my, one of my, uh, like high school friends will call me Bobby. She picks, she picks up and she'll bring it out every once in a while. Oh, Bobby looks a little grumpy today. Why is Bobby grumpy today? She thinks that's hysterical. It is, I think, sort of a Northeastern thing. I think it is, too, because they, it doesn't happen out West. You know, like I never, I, if you if your name was Jimmy or Billy, it was Jimmy or Billy. But not everybody became, like my stepdad wasn't Teddy. You know, like not right. everybody became my, that. My father yeah. grew up outside of Philadelphia, and so his name was Frank. And so we, we, as kids, we'd call him Frankie. And he said, I really never liked that. The only people that ever did that were my cousins. So years pass. We go to a funeral. We get out of the car. And across the parking lot, I hear, Frankie! So we knew his cousins had arrived. <laughs> That's funny. Although, there's Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon, right? The two Jimmies. But, you know, Jimmy, like, Jimmy is a thing. Jimmy is yeah. a nickname for James. Bobby is a nickname right. for Robert. Marky? Right. <laughs> Marky's a name for Marky Mark. It's not a name yeah, that's that true. everybody gets. All right, straight ahead. Alec Baldwin is trying to sell his house in a very unique way. Plus, morons in the news. Comedian John Pignette for Throwback Thursday. And why January is divorce month. It's Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate. Happy hour, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Tonight, it's Bob and Sherry. Do you have sticker shock from an unexpected bill? Go to bobandsherry.com and tell us about a bill you've received that shocked you. We're selecting four winners to pay their bill on their behalf. That's B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. Wow, Alec Baldwin is selling his house in the Hamptons. And you, you're like, okay, yeah, celebrities sell their gazillion dollar mansions all the time. But he's doing something unusual. He shot a video for the real estate company himself selling the house. Hi, I'm Alec Baldwin. I'm selling my house. 
And when you listen to it, and we have it here, Max has it, when you listen to it, it doesn't sound like he wants to sell his house. Makes you think maybe he has to sell his house because he's in some serious legal trouble over that tragic shooting on the set of the movie Rust. Let's listen. Hey, I'm Alec Baldwin. I've had a home out here on the east end of Long Island since 1982. Uh, when I was younger, we'd come out here and we'd sleep all morning and lay on the beach all day. Uh, when you're young, this place is the best. My first house was here on Bluff Road in Amagansett, uh, a house I rented uh, for five years. And then after that, I decided to uh, buy my own place. I bought my first house here on Old Montauk Highway, uh, around the corner from Atlantic Avenue Beach. I had this little cottage over here for about seven or eight years. And then I decided that I wanted something bigger. So I bought my house over on Town Lane. I bought this house back in 1995. Uh, I put this addition on on the eastern side of the property in 1996. And my wife, Ilaria, and I built this addition on the western side of the property in 2014. We've got about 10,000 square feet here. I fell in love with this place the moment I came here because it's, uh, this is the main family home of the uh, former Potter Farm, the Potter family. You just can't get this out here anymore. You can't buy uh, big pieces of land, uh, especially in Amagansett, um, that I know of. And uh, I've always loved it here. Uh, we've got all this open land here in reserve. The meadow in the front of my property is in reserve. It's a very, very uh, low-density area. And I love coming here. I'm always happiest uh, when I come here, uh, especially this time of year. I love it in the wintertime because it's so peaceful and it's so beautiful. What got me was when he said, I'm always happiest when I come here. Yeah, I noticed that too. Um, Why are you selling it then? Like, yikes. I'm going I'm to mention this to my wife who is uh, working right now in the eastern side of our house whereas <laughs> I, I am here on the western side of this ranch house um i don't know the the, the celebrities that are selling houses and there's a lot of them in los angeles are primarily selling them because la has just kicked in a luxury tax for any houses i think over five million worth over five million dollars something like that and so but that's you know, not that doesn't that's not apply to Alec Baldwin no. in the Hamptons. No, that's true. That's true. You know, so he's he's facing a trial in Santa Fe um, for the death of cinematographer Helena Hutchins. And I was um, watching someone on Twitter slash X post it, the video from the police interrogation room when the shooting first happened and they brought Alec Baldwin in for questioning. And so what you see in the video is Alec Baldwin. It looks like every police interrogation room on every episode of Dateline, episode of Dateline or 48 Hours, okay? It's that little windowless room with the bad fluorescent lighting. And right. it's Alec Baldwin, and there's two detectives on either side. And they're talking to him. And then they break the news to him that Helena Hutchins did not survive her injuries. And he his reaction to it, I felt like someone punched me in the stomach watching him physically react because it was a terrible, terrible accident. And as the producer of the movie, he has to be accountable for all the everything. Right. But his reaction well, to hearing that's that true. news. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he was devastated. And, and you know, you can hate him or love him. He is a terrific actor and an interesting personality. But here's why he's being sued, in my opinion. It's not because he he pulled a gun and was careless himself. They have somebody who's in charge of guns on sets. I think it's called the armorer. Is that the not armorer. the uh, yeah. the armorer? And uh, that person is, is is the main job is okay. This is this is a gun. Let's make sure that uh, there there's nothing in it. They'll put a sound effect in later, or, or use blanks or whatever. And from what you were telling me, Sherry, the armorer was a person who did not have a lot of experience. So if that person yeah. is hired and they didn't have much experience, who did the hiring? Ultimately, it would be the producer. Yeah. And I think that um, I think that the reason that he's selling the house is because he has legal bills and that would be true for anybody. But boy, when you hear him say, I'm happiest here. That was sad. Yeah. 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 Whether you like the guy or not. I mean, it's just guy. a tragedy. It's just a tragedy. We got morons in the news straight ahead. It's Bob and Cherry. Morons in the news is sponsored by Every Plate. Skip the grocery store and save money with Every Plate. Are you ready? We never seem to run out. You're both morons. Morons in the news with Bob and Cherry. This is crazy. Police in Lincoln, Nebraska had a wild bobcat to deal with just a couple of days ago. A bobcat driver went on a ramming spree. So it's not the cat. It's the bobcat that they use for moving dirt and all of that. Big one. Bobcat driver went on a ramming spree in a Home Depot parking lot. The driver was captured on video chasing cars around the Home Depot lot attempting to hit them like like he's in a bumper car he picked up an suv with the bobcat and dropped it on another shattering the glass doors of a liquor store when the cops came the bobcat plowed the cruiser the police cruiser across the icy lot the officer who was in the car hopped out gun drawn and pointed it at the driver who at that point gave up his name is samuel perot he was charged with a laundry list of crimes and i think he was probably wanted for something prior to all of this going on i can't imagine how much time you're going to do can you imagine the amount of money that is (laughs) just the glass shattering let alone the destruction of all those cars That boy's going to be in jail for a while. And it's a terrible getaway vehicle. It's a terrible Terrible. getaway. You can't get away. (laughs) In in Helena, Montana, police reported Sunday that they had arrested a 42-year-old Tennessee woman who was acting erratic at the Helena Regional Airport. Then she ran down the runway and she scaled the fence. And police said in an email that they were called to the airport early in the morning and the woman who was about to board the plane took off and she started acting crazy. She ran down the runway, she climbed the fence, and she was later located. The woman was arrested on suspicion of trespassing and she was taken to the detention center. They really yeah. didn't say what her problem was. I'm assuming that maybe she saw the price of the pre-made salad at the airport. That's all I can think of. <laughs> That'll drive you crazy. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. You're right. And speaking of airports, finally, today's moron of the day is James Finister, 
who boarded Spirit Airlines Flight 693 in Louisville, Kentucky, to go to Orlando. And once he got on board the Spirit flight, he became a very naughty boy. He was grabbing at the flight attendants. Then he asked the lead flight attendant if she wanted to join the Mile High Club. Oh. Then he asked a lot of questions about the plane's cockpit and how he could get into the plane's oh. cockpit. When the plane landed, Orlando police um, had a chat with James Finister, who admitted that he did it all. And he also said he'd never flown before. That was his very first flight. And he'd done some shots at the airport in Louisville before boarding. So they arrested him and he's facing federal charges of interfering with the performance of the duties of a flight crew member. So guys, let me just say, even if you are Let's say you're the best looking, hottest hot dog in your hometown. If you ain't Brad Pitt, do not even think a flight attendant's going to entertain the idea of the Mile High Club with you. I've never. They are exhausted. They are trying to keep you alive. It is not their job to be eye candy or you know grope meat. Like what? How much bourbon did you have at the Louisville airport? Yeah. And those yeah. are federal charges. What is the fascination with that? Where do you go? The bathroom? It's so small. I, I've never understood the fascination with this. I know. No. Well, you know what I think I it is? It. I think I think people just want to do something naughty every once in a while. And after after doing multiple shots, that's where the naughty thing kicks in. That's the only thing I can come up with. I'm not. This is no slam on any dude. The man who could take care of my business in an airplane bathroom has never been born. There's just not enough room, guys. I'm sorry. I got to tell you, you're right. You are right about I'm sorry. And it's no diss on y'all. I'm not suggesting that y'all don't have some game, but it can, I am telling you, Lamar, it can't be done. Well, the lighting alone is awful. You can't succeed there here's the good news for this guy on his very first flight he checked off every possible box of bad behavior every one of them <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. yeah, yeah. there you go that's morons in the news coming up we're gonna throw it back with comedian john pignette and the gestures that you're doing that gen z is laughing at you for because it makes you look like a dinosaur. It's Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate. Happy hour, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Tonight, it's Bob and Sherry. So the FBI may have closed the D.B. Cooper case too soon. This is new breaking news this week. Um, They have found microscopic metal fragments on D.B. Cooper's necktie which has led to a new theory of who the suspect might be, right? And the investigator... We're speaking about the guy that jumped out of an airplane decades ago with a lot of money. In 1971. And was never, never caught. Uh, They couldn't find his body. Go ahead. $200,000 back in 1971. He um, opened the back door of the plane, climbed down the aft stairs with a parachute on, and jumped into American folklore legend. The FBI closed the case. The indictment's open. They've been able to trace three of these microscopic metal mag, uh, fragments, which are made up of stainless steel and titanium, which led, they are patented, 
which led to a Pennsylvania plant called Crucible Steel, which was a subcontractor that supplied the lion's share of titanium and stainless steel to Boeing. Isn't that some interesting forensic science right there? So it was discovered. So they're saying, the wait, let me finish. Let me finish. Go ahead. They're saying that if D.B. Cooper worked at Crucible Steel in Pennsylvania, he would have had extensive knowledge of the Boeing 727 that was hijacked, along with big time knowledge of the Seattle location because Crucible Steel workers often traveled for business there because Boeing was their contractor. Now, whether or not this leads to the case being solved, who can say? But there's a really interesting um, four-part D.B. Cooper documentary on Netflix right now that's worth watching. It's only four episodes. It's called D.B. Cooper, Where Are You? (laughs) So now, here's what they're saying, that these findings point to this uh, Crucible Steel's titanium research engineer, Vince Peterson, who died in 2002, was Vince Peterson, D.B. Cooper. Wow. Mm. Super interesting. Stay tuned. It's Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate. Happy hour, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Tonight, it's Bob and Sherry. I just want to talk about two stories that very briefly made worldwide news, and they were very quickly forgotten. The first one is the door plug that came out of that plane, the Alaska Airlines plane over Portland, Oregon. So we all, you know, we all heard the story and you might have seen the video of, you know, the plane flying, getting lower and lower and safely landing, thank God, with with what was they called it a plug, but it used to be a door. So that that thing popped off. Well, um, that's what everybody was freaking out about that, you know those poor people in there. Did you see any of the video or pictures of where the door landed? It landed in some dude's backyard in suburban Portland, like on a cul-de-sac neighborhood in the, in the guy's backyard. I swear to God, it was no more than, I don't know, eight or 10 yards from the back of his house. Can you imagine if you were out in your deck And that thing comes hurtling out of the sky and lands in your backyard? Because I fly a lot, I I try not to know too much about these kinds of stories. Oh, I know. So like I like I watched the news coverage of this door flying off with one eye kind of barely open. And when I saw the thing about where the door landed. I just noped myself right out of there because it's not good for my brain. You don't have to be all. a flyer. That guy could have never been on a plane in his life. And he's sitting there. And if it, if it moves 20 yards, it comes right down through the living room, you know, yeah, through the roof. Or, Can you imagine? Or, or, what or he's cooking like? hot dogs on the backyard on a Weber oh. grill and it hits him. Mm. I mean, mm. that. I'm the same mm. way as you are, Sherry. I, I kind of. I looked at that story and I said, do you really want to see the video of this? And I kind of passed by it quickly. But the door thing caught me by surprise. And (laughs) so that's one of them. Did you see the other story? It was just a few days ago. This guy is 53 years old. He's uh, his name is hard to pronounce. And he lives in Brazil and in like in the jungle. Right. He was brought up in the jungle. He got lost. For three years, 
at the age of eight. For three years, he is by himself in the jungle in Brazil. And he stayed alive by eating roots, and he, he was able to catch some sort of prawns. So that was his whole diet for three years. And um, every once in a while, a jaguar would show up and look at him. And this one time, he felt very uncomfortable with the jaguar looking at him. The jaguar approaches him to kill him. He went into an armadillo's nest and stayed in it. The jaguar could not get to him because he's in the armadillo's nest. But he said the jaguar's paws kept scratching at him, trying to pull him out of the armadillo's nest. He is eight years old. And he lived like that for three years until the farmer came upon him. It just it just makes you realize like what a whiny crybaby you are about. What do you mean you <laughs> ate the last bagel? I know. It's you know you're exactly right. You're exactly Oh my god, right. it's raining again? <laughs> like you just hear yourself, right? That's we so true. Just ate Mexican last week. Why are we eat Mexican again this week? <laughs> what leftovers? <laughs> Mother. You have to Mother, why did Bob's you put soup? these pillows on my bed? They're too firm. Well, I thought they'd mimic an armadillo nest. <laughs> how does how does that kid stay alive? How does that kid stay alive? I mean, that at eight years old. I don't know that I could pull that off at my age, you know? But he was eight years old and he figured out I gotta go over to this this river area. There's, there might be something I can eat in there. And he finds prawns. And he it eats just them shows and he, eats, you. he finds some roots that don't kill him. It just shows you some people are stronger than other people. Some people are more wired to figure yeah. it out and survive no matter what. And the idea of, first of all, like you, you really wouldn't want to be in an armadillo nest if you could help it. But to be right. in the armadillo's nest... While a jaguar is pawing at you, it's unbelievable. To pull you out to kill you. I know it. Can you imagine? And then and then he's discovered by a farmer. I'll tell you what, if I had if I had the house that that plane door fell in the backyard of, would you I would take that thing, have it framed, and it would be right over my mantle. Or it would be. I wouldn't like, give it back he, to them. I would. They, they're going to want. I would either. Like, no, 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 no. This is mine. This is mine. <laughs> this is mine. That's how far uh, to death you came, and it wasn't even your yeah. fault. That would become wow. a work of art. Those two stories have absolutely, absolutely yeah. haunted me the last week or so. It's Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page tonight. It's Bob and Sherry. The other night, I was cooking dinner, and it was a pretty elaborate thing I was cooking. So, and I'm, a, I'm I'll be the first to say I'm a messy cook. I mean, stuff goes everywhere. I'm seasoning stuff. I'm throwing stuff everywhere. You know, it's it's sort of a big deal. Yeah. So we get through yeah. we get through eating, and uh, turned out really good. And so I'm looking at the kitchen, and I'm like, okay, I got to do something about this because we, we've got a gas gas stove, and 
you look down and it's like salt and pepper and all kinds of spices everywhere. And I'd had some, uh, uh, bacon bits that I'd cooked and they're everywhere. So I move the grates off and I go ahead and take all the burners and the burner caps and I move everything to the side and I go through and I sort of brush up all the big pieces of stuff and I throw it away and the little stuff, I go get the little shark handheld vacuum, which is great. It's just fantastic, fantastic. And so I start to use it and Carla goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm vacuuming up the stuff. She goes, we don't use that for that. The vacuum is not for that. I said, is it not for picking up dirt and debris? She goes, well, yes, but if you're picking up food particles, I, it's just, you shouldn't do that. And I'm like, okay, fine. And so I start doing something else. And she goes, have you got an attitude about this? And I said, uh, yeah, a little bit. I said, a little bit. She goes, why have you got an attitude? I said, because when I come up with a plan, you always, and I said, yes, I'm using the always word. I'm using it right now. You danger. always have a danger. I know. But listen, I was off the hook. I said, I, always, if whatever my plan is, you come along with your plan, and it's always different than my plan. And she goes, well, why don't you argue for your plan? And I said, because it's so much easier just to say the heck with my plan and go with your plan. She said, because yeah. when you do that, you get an attitude. She said, so now here's what you got to do. If you believe in your plan, you have to argue for your plan. Or if you go with my plan, you got to lose the attitude because, you you know, that just builds up after a while and then you go crazy. And I said, well, okay, whatever. So I'm going ahead and I'm finishing up and I don't use the vacuum because my gosh, I'm not going to do it. So I don't use the vacuum. I get everything clean and I wipe everything down and I put the big grates back on the thing and I step back and everything's clean. And she comes by and I said, what do you think? She goes, oh, yeah, that looks good. She said, yeah. Yeah, that's that. Evidently, that was a that was a good plan. And she waits about two beats, and she goes, "But my plan would have been to put the burners and the burner covers back on the stove before you put those big grates on, because now you can't use the oven until you take the grates off and put the other stuff back together." And I'm like, "Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god!" She goes. But that's just my plan. So we'll go with your plan, but I don't know what's going to happen after that. So another loss. Now you're filled with self-doubt. You're filled another with self-doubt. <laughs> this is a oh cannot win. I know. Cannot win. I know. Because I was so flustered about making my plan work that I forgot half of my plan, which was to put the oven back, I mean, the stove back together. That's what oh, they God. want to do. They want to confuse you. They want to confuse yes. us. And she's got Our, that little smile. They're like, oh, yeah, your plan's good, but I don't know. But she goes, go with your plan, though, every time. Go with your plan. <sighs> so I got to wait until the next is, time. This is my version of it, and, and actually, um, it kind of worked out for me. So Mary had the floor in the garage coated with some sort of material. These guys come in and they coat it and it looks, it looks like a floor. Yeah. I mean, it looks like, looks you great. know, like yeah. a kitchen floor. Right. So I parked my car in there and after a year, some of, you know, the debris, the car has brought in is stained it in like 10 or 15 places. And she's been after me and after me to clean it. And I went, all right, I'm going to do it today. I'm going to, I'm going to clean it today. So. Um, I go, I say, I'm going over to the uh, hardware store. We, we have a real nice hardware store. I got to get a few items. 
And she said, well, I want to go with you. And I said, okay, that's fine. She said, how are you going to clean it? I said, I'm going to get on my hands and knees with some rags. I'm going to get painter's rags, and I'm going to clean it with a, uh, you know, a, a degreaser. And she said, well, why don't you use a mop? And I said, I, I don't want to use a mop. I want to get right down there in my hands and knees. So we walk into the hardware store, and one of the guys comes over who works there. And he says, what can I get for you? And I said, <clears throat> uh, my wife here needs a pair of knee pads. And I just let it sit. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and the guy looks, looks at me. He doesn't know what to do, right? Because we're customers. He doesn't know what to do. And I looked at her and she said, I have to give you that one. I have to give you that one. So I got my knee pads. I got on my hands and knees and I cleaned the grease off of that floor. And she would come out and she would say, you know, if you'd done it my way with the uh, mop, you'd be done by now. And I said, yeah, I probably would, but it wouldn't be as good. So I know what you're saying. They do have plans and very often they're better than ours. But I don't want to But do just it. keep it to yourself. Keep it to yeah. yourself. I've got a Thank plan. You. Let me do my plan. Let me keep do it to it. yourself. Exactly. That's what I say. You're right. I'm doing right. it. If I'm doing it, that's pretty good. Right. I'm doing it. Yeah, exactly. It's going to get done. It's Bob and Sherry. Everyone Needs a Laugh is sponsored by Kohl's. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com today. Because we love him so much and because we miss him so much, we are going to play a piece on Everyone Needs a Laugh by John Pignette. Here we go. I moved to Los Angeles, so I bought a condo, a little condo. Now I have to go shopping for the condo. I'm not a good shopper. And I just started shopping randomly, and I knew the first thing I bought was going to be ugly. I didn't want any trouble. I went in and bought a toaster. And the lady said, could I have your name and address? No. I have this money, and I'm taking this toaster now. You don't need my name and address. I'm not adopting it. I'm purchasing it. I might throw it off a building after I leave here. She asked me, she said, would you like to buy the warranty? For the toaster? No, I think I'm going to absorb the risk on this one. I'm not a gambler, but I'm feeling lucky today. If this toaster should break, and God forbid that day should come, I'm going to take another $39 out of my pocket and buy another toaster, because that's how I live. On the edge. I'm not an outdoors person either. I like the lake. I like to go swimming in the ocean, that kind of thing. But so hiking, no. Hiking is hiking is a walk that sucks. You know what you do when you walk? I love to walk. You walk to the movies. You walk in the mall. Uh, you walk in the park. Hiking. Hiking, you hike down a ravine, you hike up a mountain, you were hiking and you found a dead body. <laughs> My friends, 
took me hiking. And when we got to the lake, there was a kayak. Kayaks are now on my list. I don't even, what is it? Is it a canoe for people with no friends? Mine didn't move. I'm not too big, the kayak is too small. They had to pull me out like a champagne cork. We got them. I was in Jamaica and they lost my luggage. And by the way, Air Canada, I'm flying Air Canada tomorrow. Very good airline. Lighten up at the check-in. Yeah. Oh, seriously. Seriously. It's, yeah, uh, excuse me, I'm going to New York. You check in over there at the machine. I'm going to New York. There's a machine over there. Do you have your confirmation number? Do you have your confirmation number? My bag was a kilo over. Oh, my God. Take a kilo, put it out of the bag. Put a kilo out of the bag. A kilo? What am I going to do? Cut a pair of underwear in half? If a kilo makes a difference in this bag going on that plane, I'm not going on that plane. When I was in Los Angeles, I went to the doctor. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm getting older and I wanted to make sure that I was okay for the road. The doctor did a blood test, a stress test, and blood pressure, and they were really good. Now the doctor looked at me, shocked. She goes, these numbers are good. She goes, did you know you're allergic to wheat? I did not know that. The next time one of my friends call me and say, John, we're going wheat picking, would you like to come? I'll have to say no. The doctor said I was allergic. Then I thought, wait a minute, maybe I should ask questions. Wheat is flour. I said, what does this wheat thing mean? She said, do you eat a lot of gluten? I, I don't know what gluten is, but yes, I would say yes. Um, I think I'm mostly gluten, to be honest with you. I don't know. And she gave me a book of things that have gluten in it. You know what has gluten in it? <laughs> oh, I just love that guy. We had him in the studio, and he was just as funny. I miss him so much. It's Bob and Sherry. Happy hour tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. You know, it's that time of the year, the first month of the year. We're trying to figure out a way to get healthier, and I'm looking through all kinds of articles because, you yeah. know, I want to be healthier. And I saw one, and it said, uh, get healthier without even going to a gym. You hate the gym? Well, that's cool. Scientists now say you can get a lot of the health benefits associated with exercise just by increasing how active you are in your daily life. Researchers have studied this kind of movement and have given it the moniker NEAT, N-E-A-T, which stands for Non-Exercise Activity Thermogenesis. Think of low-effort movements like sweeping the floor, climbing the stairs, bobbing your leg up and down at your desk, 
strolling through the grocery aisle or stirring the pot while you cook. Well, I got to be honest. What I'm buying at the grocery and what I'm stirring in the pot is probably what's got me unhealthy to start with. <laughs> so I don't yeah, know. Right. I, yeah, I just yeah. don't know if that's the way to go. I think what you put in the pot probably right. makes a lot of difference. And more than likely, when I stroll the grocery store and count my steps, I'm probably going to pick up something to put in that pot that is probably not on the list of being healthy. So I, it's so true. I don't know. I got to keep it's looking. So true. I, I don't it's I don't think you know, stirring the pot's going to do it. It's confusing because I've read these articles, too, that say, do you know how many steps you take during the course of the day just going through your day with your normal uh, tasks? And you look at it, and I told the last time I had a physical, I told the doctor, you know, he's asking, you know, how how active are you? And I said, I'm pretty active. I average around 10,000 to 12,000 steps a day. He said, you know what I really would like to see you do? Just do 15 minutes, but walk a lot faster than you're walking, like almost a slow jog. So that really is in conflict with the whole thing of walking down the grocery aisle and feeling like, you know, you're doing something that's really positive. I'm not saying it's negative, but what you said about what you put in the pot and what he said about maybe picking it up a little probably is the answer. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go stir the pot and think about it. This is Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate. Happy hour, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Tonight, it's Bob and Sherry. If you would like to comment on something you've heard on the Bob and Sherry show, or maybe just tell us something that's going on in your life, you can leave a message 24-7 at 844-52-SHERRY, S-H-E-R-I. Or you can go to wherever you get your apps, get the Bob and Sherry app. There's a little microphone there and leave us a message. It blows my mind that we will say something, a minor little thing on the show, and it just takes off. And I'm referring to eating peanut butter on chicken. It was just a little aside, but so many people have been commenting on it, including this gentleman. Hi, Bob and Sherry. I'm calling about peanut butter and chicken. Uh, I lived in Ohio with someone for uh, quite a while, and I guess for seven or eight years, we used to go to this Chinese restaurant, and they always had peanut butter and chicken, and my girlfriend at the time, she loved that stuff, so she'd get it. Well, for eight years, she said, why don't you ever try it? Why don't you ever try it? I'm like, no, 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 I wasn't going to try it. Well, finally, I tried it. And I liked it. So next time we go, I get some. Well, we're at home, and I'm the kind of person, I eat everything in a circle. You know, I don't eat just one thing. Well, she eats her peanut butter chicken. You know, that's the first thing she eats. And then she's looking over at mine. She says, y'all, give me that. You didn't even like it. You never liked it. You know I like it. I want the chicken. So, you know, after that, I never <laughs> did get any more because she was just going to eat it anyway. But I had to admit, it was pretty good, though. Well, thank you. I love you guys, and y'all are always great. Bye. <laughs> I love that guy so much. I, I feel like I know him. Don't you feel I bad feel like that I know him? He's not still with her. He said, "My ex girlfriend," and it makes me kind of sad oh, that those kids couldn't work it out. I but know. perhaps yeah, this was the sticking it. point here. <laughs> I've never had peanut butter chicken at a Chinese restaurant. And also, what do we mean by eating in a circle? What does that mean? Like Some eating a bite eat of everything. Yeah, in a circle, you'd get a bite of this and a bite of that on the same fork or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you mix your sort of food up a little bit. 
You don't just, don't some like people that. will sit down and eat all of the green beans and then turn it and eat all of this. And they eat one thing at a time. That, that drives me nuts. Yeah, I don't do that, but I don't like everything on a fork. I, I want to get back to my man there. Could you just play the beginning of what uh, of his call again? I just I'm liked it so sir. much. I'm calling about peanut butter and chicken. Uh, oh, that's all I need to hear. That's all I need to hear. <laughs> guy is fantastic. <clears throat> you know what? She didn't deserve that guy. She did not. Here he is. He's tried the peanut butter and chicken after, what, eight years, and he liked it. And so he's having it, and then she says, "She says, I'm going to eat your peanut butter and chicken." And, and she's then already he, eat hers. Why does she need his? I know, selfish, very yeah, selfish. selfish. I'm glad. Selfish. I, I'm glad he didn't stay with her. No, you don't stay. No. You don't stay with a woman who, after eight years, you've been wondering about peanut butter and chicken, and she eats your peanut butter and chicken because one time you said you didn't like it. What kind of a woman is that? Well, you know what, Bob? You know what, Bob? What? It's like uh, just about all women. Sometimes, I, this happens to me more often, I'll pull in, I say, I want a hamburger and some fries. You want anything? Nope, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. So uh, I get it. Right. I unwrap it. Right. And she goes, yeah. man, that smells really good. Can I have a bite? Yeah, okay, you can have a bite. Oh, the fries smell really good, too. Next thing, and the whole time she's munching with her mouth full, she's going, I am so sorry to be eating your food. I'm so sorry, but it smells so good. I know. Next thing I know, I got like two bites of it's a gone. hamburger and three fries, and it's gone. I, I, I don't understand I that. I don't. I, I don't, don't understand it either. Why, why are men often so territorial about their food? Because my husband's <laughs> that way. And, and I'm like, you know, Kev, one of the people at this table grew up hungry and is willing to share what's on her plate. And the other one is guarding those French fries like they hold the nuclear secrets. Like, what is it with men and being so territorial about your food? We think about food more. And it, we start thinking about those fries. And that's about all we can think of until we get those yes. fries. And then yes. along come your fingers stealing oh, our God. fries. And the other thing is, if I'm in a restaurant, I don't want to, I don't want to taste what you ordered. I just want to eat what I ordered. I looked at all the things. I'm excited about it. And I just want to eat my spaghetti with bolognese. Preach. 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 I just, why, why do women, well, you should try it. Then you'd know, you, you, you know, you'd experiment with something new. Why don't you like something new? Do you know me? I don't, I don't want, <laughs> we both, now that we both I, looked that, at boy, the menu. Sure words never menu. spoken. Yeah. We got to make right. a decision. That's right. Order what you want. <sighs> Peanut butter and chicken, that poor guy. Well, <laughs> she's gone. I hope he's getting all of his. <laughs> I bet he is now. It's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry, live tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. Tonight, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. I just realized something about my life the other day. I don't know why I've never reflected on this, but I actually, because I married Mary and she had two children, I raised two sets of teenagers. In my house. Yeah. 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 Two sets. And that is insane to want to do that. I mean, I'm just telling you, it, it is, it was a crazy decision. Now it worked out great because she is the love of my life and she's so great and she's so much fun. But when I look back and, and I can remember my friends talking behind my back when I was playing golf once going, can you believe that he's going to, are you kidding me? I couldn't wait for them to go to college and he's sticking on. But it worked out great. They're great kids, you know, 
And I read this article about how teenagers think you're over the hill. They look at you and you, and they think you're over the hill. I never wanted to be perceived that way, especially with Madison and Hampton, because I'm an older guy, right? But they would be bringing their teenage friends over to the house. And I would say to myself, don't look, don't look like the old, uh, the old guy with the baggy khakis, you know, that, that is out there grumbling to himself about how fast the cars are in the neighborhood. Don't do that. Cause it's going to be embarrassing. You wear these kooky hats anyway, just don't be that guy. And so sometimes I would say, Oh, they're going to bring over their friends. Okay. Well, I'm going to wear that new hoodie that I have. That's kind of cool looking. And I'm going to wear a pair of my, my favorite jeans. I am not going to have the baggy khakis on. I'm going to, I'm not going to embarrass them. So I'm reading this thing about teenagers today and how they look at people my age or even your age, Sherry, and think you're over the hill because of certain hand gestures. And I'll give you, this is how picky they are. <clears throat> Giving a double thumbs up, they, they think you're a thousand years old. Writing an imaginary check <laughs> to, the, to the waitress that you'd like the bill, you know, writing an imaginary check. Um, if you drink tea, uh, drink the tea with your pinky out because you think it looks kind of sophisticated. Bringing your fingers up to your lips to get people to shh is totally out of date. In a teenager's mind, doing a fist pump also shows that you are old. You are old. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. Putting uh, a thumb next to your ear and pointing the finger to your mouth to say, call me. They think you're completely <laughs> out of it. You are totally over the hill. <laughs> I got a gesture for him. <laughs> and I think that it's universal. Yeah. They'll yeah, get they it. It one. never goes out of style. <laughs> it never goes out of style. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Sometimes I'll pull it out of my pocket. Sometimes I can crank it up like it's on a wire. I, there's many things I can do with that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lamar yeah. salute. The Lamar salute. That's right. Salute. That's right. I'll be glad to show them that. That's not a problem. I mean, why, why would I even care? I mean, their, their brains are not. I mean, if you're a young person, I'm, you know, God bless, you're going to be running the world. I hope you do a better job than we have. But why would I even care about, you know, one of Hampton's friends and what he thought about me? If you're a young a person kid. at my house, you're eating my food. If we're going anywhere, I'm paying for whatever you're doing. So so if you're going to snicker at me, right. you better be way behind me because I don't want to hear it. Because right. I'm, right. you know, yeah, the goofy old man is paying your way. So <laughs> I'll, tell you who, I'll tell you who was the worst. My, uh, my youngest daughter, Allie, she was the opposite. Do you remember the photograph you and I had taken for a publicity shoot? And we both had on red shirts. I think I had a red turtleneck on and you yeah, had some yeah. sort of a red shirt and, and we both had black slacks. I don't know why we decided to do that, but we did. I had a belt that was actually a golfer's belt and it had these little silver uh, things on it uh, around. Yes, the I know the, the belt. belt. I've got you a know belt, that belt like that. I know the right. belt. Yeah, I've got the belt. I walked into the kitchen one day and she's saying to uh, Landon, her sister, could you believe that he wore that belt? And it's going to be on like billboards. 
he wore a belt with with little with little silver coins on it. What, who does that? And I, I walked and I said, what, "Why are you talking about my belt? That's a very nice belt." Well, it's yes. you know, it makes you look kind of odd, to be honest with you. And then she walks out of the room. <laughs> I always know something's up when, like, I'll be texting one of my kids, and I'll mm-hmm. see that they a little thing comes up. It says, "Message saved," and I know that's not for posterity. That's to make fun <laughs> of me later. <laughs> later, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I haven't thought about that. That's probably there. This is Bob and Sherry. Can you believe this is sponsored by BritBox? Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Sherry's. I don't believe this. I can't believe this. Why do they call January Divorce Month? Because it is. Mm. Um, over the over the past uh, several decades, we've noticed that more divorces get filed in January than any other time. And there's a couple of reasons for it. So if you think about it, it's kind of common sense. It's sad common sense um, that January is divorce month. But keep in mind that the week before Valentine's Day is breakup week because why can't human beings plan better? Like it's so awful to dump somebody before Valentine's Day. But anyway... Here we go with why January is Divorce Month. Um, it has to do with two things, the holidays and the new year. So um, the holidays, which we put so much weight on them, so much nostalgia and emotion and sentimentality. Yeah. It's supposed to be this, you know, most wonderful time of the year. But for people in unhappy relationships, um, that unhappiness can just be really magnified by Frosty the Snowman. And all right. the eggnog, right? So you've got people that are looking at the holidays and reflecting on how unhappy and tense and, you know, everything's conflict. And then it's the new year. And it's time for a new year and a new you. And so those two things come together and people go, you know what? It, it's just not working here. And um, we're out of here. And so right. that's why the, uh, January is the month where more divorces get filed and any other month. And according to um, this expert, this relationship expert, it's a PhD, and these divorce attorneys, um, these marriages break down for three reasons, finances, expectation, and communication. And so I thought about that for a while. And do you, I think that's true. Do you, has that been true in y'all's experience? It's yeah. not all three. It could be, but it, it's typically one of the three. Finances. Jerry, my love life has been a smooth track, so I'm not sure you know what you're talking yeah. about. Now that that sounds right, money. You know, you say what you want about money, money won't buy happiness. Yeah, it will up to a certain mm-hmm. degree. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you're struggling and you're and you're annoyed and you're in a pissed off mood all the time, it's not going to be good for your relationship. And then expectations. You know, sometimes your expectations are unreasonable, and sometimes your expectations are that you have a partner who's going to act like a partner and not leave everything for you to manage, right? Yeah, um, right. And communication, we all know that that's a beast. So here are four things, because it's kind of a bummer, you know, to think like, oh, we're in divorce month. Here are four things that you can do to, to, to save yourself from divorce month, right? The first thing mm-hmm. is you have got to check in with your partner in January. And here's mm-hmm. why. Because you've got peaking financial stress plus cabin fever. 
Mm-hmm. And any cracks in the relationship are going to really widen in January when you're locked in the house trying to figure yeah. out how you're going to pay the bills. So yeah. check in on each other. And then the second thing you should do, and my one of my brothers, now he and, he and that wife didn't go the distance, but one of my brothers and his wife had an annual relationship summit where they had a meeting <laughs> and they went over the previous year and discussed issues and set goals. You know, when you told yeah. me that, and it's it's been 20 years, I think, since you dropped that on my brain, I think about that every once in a while. It's just like, that has to be the most awkward meeting. Oh, <laughs> well, you especially if one of you it? keeps a spreadsheet yeah. and the Who's other one doesn't. It? Yeah, whose it was, idea was it? It was, you know, what's funny. It was his idea. But a yeah. lot of the relationship summit uh, summit discussions centered around his drinking and carousing and whatnot <clears throat> so bob, i think bob, he ended up regretting wild, that idea in your wildest imagination bob would you be responsible for setting up this summit no <laughs> no i'd rather <laughs> i'd good. I'd rather set up a summit between the Arabs and and, and Israel than do yeah, that. Yeah. There's no oh, way. Yeah. I, that, oh, my I, God. Oh, my God. I think if we're honest, most of us don't want to sit down and go, mm. so let's let's uh, let's take a look at the problems you've had with me. <laughs> like nobody no. wants to do that. <laughs> no, you're looking um, for trouble. It's Here's not normal. It's not a normal thing to do. It's a, not a natural thing to do, right? It's a, a oh. lot of millennials do it, though. It's like really big really? in millennial culture. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, okay. The other thing, if you and your partner are really, if it's getting kind of tense and you're kind of miserable, and this is going to seem like counterintuitive, but you each need to find a hobby outside your marriage and go do that thing. Mm-hmm. You need You need to stop leaning on each other so much for all of your social needs and all of your entertainment. I think and then right. of course, of course the last thing nobody's going to do. And that's a couples counseling. People will have relationship summits. I swear before they'll go to therapy. We know that it's true. Couples counseling. I think for people who do go, it's like the last straw. It's like, Oh my God, this is miserable. Let's try this. And if this doesn't work, it's a Reba Derrick, Sammy. A few months ago, I had said to Kevin, you know, it would be really fun if we went on a couple's meditation retreat. And the look on his face. <laughs> um, so I know you're wondering, did you guys go on a couple's meditation retreat? We didn't. And to avoid it, my husband agreed to a viciously insane ortho surgery that would keep him off his leg for 10 weeks. <laughs> Ain't no meditating. Man's got, Ain't no man's got to do what he's got to do. Huh? Oh and and if I bring it up once he's once he's up and walking again, I have a feeling he's going to get something else repaired. Right. <laughs> we'll get this posted on um, the Bob and Sherry Facebook. This is Bob and Sherry. Happy hour tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. I want to talk about microphones for just a moment. Microphones like the one, well, I'm speaking into right now. Microphones can be great or they can be evil. And I have two examples. The first one is I'm so excited about going to see my grandchildren, Mary's grandchildren. We're going to uh, spend the day with them. And I saw on Instagram that they each got, I think from another grandparent, kid microphones. 
that are hooked up to a kid's speaker. And I saw them on Instagram <laughs> singing into the mic. Bad love, honey. I love Just s- s- screaming, screaming. And there's two of them. That is evil. Now, it's very cute when they're standing in front of their fireplace and it starts for the first few minutes and they're singing, you know, uh, something about the bus in the city or whatever. But then it becomes evil because they don't shut up. So I'm, I'm interested in seeing them perform that. There's the good and the evil there. This was such an interesting thing that a person by the name of Mustafa Suleiman said. Mustafa is the chief executive of inflection ai and so there his company is big into ai and he cautions that artificial intelligence could be used for sinister purposes and here is the example that he gave quote the microphone enabled both the nazi nuremberg rallies and the beatles just let that sit for a second oh wow because of the invention of the microphone, Hitler could address those crowds and stir up all of that hate. And yet, John Lennon could lean into the same object and, ins- and, and in- uh, infer and inspire love. The good side and the bad side of the microphone, which I had never thought of. But I'm sure I will when I see L. Christian coming up in a couple of days. Just just a really interesting thought. It's Bob and Sherry. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault. Well, shall I try the zero bar? If if you're just joining us, I've been anti-zero bars in our candy machine here. I have a Mounds bar, and they wouldn't put them in. And the the candy man said that, uh, you know, you should eat a zero bar. So I've never even seen a zero bar. I say that no one buys them at you all. Know, he's hating on it. Have you tried it? Well, no. It's, all right, I'm, it's, give it over. I'm going to try go, it, too. I go off half-cocked quite a bit, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit. Better half than none at all. There you go. All right. It's white. Is that it's white fudge. It's a layer of white fudge. Daphne, that, our listener, called and told not, you that. That's not white chocolate. That's white fudge. All right. All right. Mm. Hand it over. Oh, it's awful. Oh, you don't like? Oh. Terrible. This is like sawdust. It does not. It's good. I got the caramel taste just then. Ugh. Sorry. You don't like caramel? Not that much. No. You like that? Zero bar? I don't like that. You know, it's not bad. No. It's not worth the calories for me. No, no. Not at all. What do you think, Max? Not good. You know, you can tell we all nope. love each other because we're all just gnawing on the I same like candy bar. I like you it. like it? Yeah, right. I do like it. Really? I really like it. All right, like well, it. you can have the rest of it. All right, so I got an email. You want to hear this email? This comes to us from um, Mary Ann. I won't say your last name, Mary Ann. And she says, uh, hi, Bob. I have to tell you the funniest story about my daughter. She shared this with me last weekend. She is in college now. When she was in kindergarten... She would always tell me about her imaginary friend named Bob that she would visit in the girls' room at school. <laughs> oh, this is unsettling. Oh, wow. <laughs> as soon as I would pick her up from school, she would often tell me about she would have to go to the bathroom 
several times a day and visit Bob because he <laughs> made her feel better and she could, quote, talk to him and he would listen. She was very unhappy at this particular school because the kids would pick on her because she was so tiny. She and I used to listen to you every morning on the way to school, and she would laugh and laugh at morons in the news. She was home from college last weekend, and we were listening to you and Sherry in the car, and she said to me, Yeah, Bob helped me so much every day in the girls' room. He would tell me I would need to handle those stupid kids at the name of the school. I was shocked. She said, yeah, Mom, you remember my imaginary friend, Bob? It was Bob from Bob and Sherry. (laughs) In the girls' bathroom. She said, he taught me a lot in the girls' room. Good grief, Bob. Just think, you taught a feisty little girl to stand up for herself in the girls' room. I want you to know that this same feisty little kid is now... A five-foot-one-inch young woman who will kick anyone's butt in a second. Thanks to you, Bob. You rock. Well, That's beautiful, Bob. I want to say thank you, Marianne, very much, and to your daughter. And let me say, I am willing at any time to help young women <laughs> make sure that they feel strong, whether it's in the ladies' room or anywhere, because that's just the way I am. But, of course, we, we don't want to create the impression that you're available Actually in the girls' bathrooms there. at no. elementary schools for counseling and encouragement. But let me let me say this. I have a wide stance. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you just never know. You know. When you do a show like this, you just never know, you know who's listening or, or what the deal is. The little girl will go in there and talk to me. And, and work out her issues, and it all worked out good. And I empowered. gave her, I gave, somehow I gave her good advice. You empowered her. You know what? I'm better as an imaginary friend than a real one. That's, My advice is better as an imaginary friend. That's something. That's something. That's something. Okay, all right, thank you. <laughs> that's something? Or that that's is, something? No, that's something. That's I mean, something. You know, when, when you look back on your life and... And That's kind of something. take that inventory. Uh-huh. You've got that now. I've got that now. <laughs> You've got that. Bob, your first reaction was the right one. <laughs> I think. I have a wide stance? No. Bob and Sherry, live tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern. Tonight, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Nominate a teacher to win a Florida vacation by going to the contest tab at bobandsherry.com. We'll pick one weekly qualifier to win Bob and Sherry's swag, and they're entered to win the monthly grand prize from Visit Florida, a three-night vacation for two to Margaritaville Beach Resort, Fort Myers Beach, with round-trip airfare and vehicle rental. Show your appreciation for a deserving teacher. Nominate them at BobandSherry.com. Well, let me ask you something. Would you like to improve your relationships in 2024, would you like to? Because I nah, sure. I'm gonna try to tear mine down. If oh, really? Can. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let, let's talk about no, cheeseburgers then. Uh, no. um, yes, I have yes. a, a collection. These are uh, nuggets of advice from uh, various uh, therapists about how to, uh, you know, have better relationships. Number one, give people permission to change. Here's the perfect example. Lamar leaves Budweiser after all these years. He's gone during the day, comes home for dinner. Um, uh, uh, Your wife, Carla, has to give you permission 
to get up at five o'clock in the morning and greet the day every day. Is she giving you that permission to change? Yes. Yes, she is because she sleeps right through it. So that's not a problem. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. All right. When the phone number two, when the phone rings, pick it up. Just, I know nobody wants to talk on the phone anymore, but just picking it up. Uh, it might be somebody that is in need of another human voice, someone that they trust. Just say hi, at least say hello. Um, let me see what else. Be open to different types of desire. Uh, many people th- seem to think that spontaneous desire is somehow better, but responsive desire is valid too. And what that comes down to is that, you know, some people just want to plan ahead. Somebody else wants it to be spontaneous. You kind of have to have a give and take there. When arguing, avoid generalizations. Phrases like, you always, or you no. never. Those are, those are exaggerations. And there's no way you're going to win the argument with that because already it's, it's hard to fight. stop it, though. But, but, it's hard to stop it. What if it's not an exaggeration? <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot That's of a times I have to back up and say, well, I don't mean every time. What I actually mean is 99.9% of the time. <laughs> That's what I mean. But yeah, that's going to help. That is going to help. You say always, is that what you do? I always do that. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm so sorry. No, no. Sometimes you do it. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Go ahead. A lot of times you do it. That's what you want to say right there. You know that. Yeah. yeah, Uh, yeah. The next one is never, this is a, a very powerful one. Never underestimate the power of a compliment. It's so true. Why do we not realize that? That people want to hear that they've done well that they're, they're nice people, that the job they're doing is being accomplished, you know, in a satisfactory way. It's so easy to do that. Oh, yeah. When dealing yeah. with challenging family members, focus on what you can control. Boy, oh boy, that's one that I have had to really deal with because you cannot, rely, you cannot rewrite somebody's life. Don't let introversion stand in the way of deep connection. Introverts are mistaken for being antisocial and uh, an author who wrote quiet, the power of introverts in a world that can't stop talking. That's quite a, that's quite a title. So if I fight, I fight being introverted. I fight it constantly. You do. And you're winning. I I fight it. I fight. I'm winning the battle, but it's a constant fight. It really is. But, but I mean, it's, it's so true. I mean, I'm kind of introverted and, you know, don't take me as being, you know, not interested in you. I'm just the way I'm wired. When somebody you love is upset, ask one simple question. Do you want to be helped, heard, or hugged? (laughs) At my house, at my house, if Carla's upset, I do ask a simple question. What did I do now? What did I do? (laughs) What did I I do? What what have I done? What can I do to fix it? I'm sorry. I can't believe you just said that. I do the same thing. What did I do? Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do it. I'll apologize for doing something, and I don't even know what it was sometimes. (laughs) I say, I am sorry for what I did, and I'm even more sorry that I don't know what I did. I wish I knew what I did, but I wouldn't have done it if I I could. I know. Yeah. So. So there you are. Um, I think those are all pretty much doable. I don't think I'm going to ask anybody if they want a hug, but uh, the other ones. Uh, no. Because you may have to give a hug, Ben. As much as my internet goes out, I want Spectrum to say to me, can we 
help you or hug you. I want that. <laughs> I want that coming through. On you the deserve other end. that for sure. I'm gonna start yeah. hugging Bob every time I see him. I'm gonna hug big old hug no. every time I see him. Oh, he, he loves might, that. He will not mm. like that. I know he does. Mm-hmm. I know he does. Mm. Supposed to ask first. It's Bob and Sherry. The Bob and Sherry Podcast. People are so interesting. I have two examples to show you why people are so interesting. The first one is one in six Americans think that consuming alcohol counts as your overall liquid intake for the day. In other words, um, drinking a martini adds to the uh, amount of water you're taking in. There is water in that, isn't it? Not much. <laughs> well, get it on the Not rocks much. then. I mean, people, God helps yeah. those who help <laughs> themselves. Okay. <laughs> what, but it's one in six people think, you know, you're, you're supposed to have so much, so much liquid during the course of the day. They think that, uh, that alcohol is, is uh, part, of that, part of that intake. I mean, how can that be, right? It would be if it was beer. Maybe if it's beer, maybe you're right. If it's and if beer, it's wine, no, there's water in, yeah, there's water and wine too, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. And the other thing is one in 10 Americans would pose nude, totally naked, to make extra money for special occasions, like somebody's birthday is coming up, uh, holidays, whatever. One in 10 people would pose naked. Sadly, I've not turned down any offers. <laughs> yeah, <who's, laughs> I mean, you know, it's I'm not sorry like I'm too good. Yeah. It's not like I'm too good. I mean, you know. Yeah, I'm sorry I brought it up. Yeah, I'm in the yeah, same boat really. as you. I'm just, I'm yeah. just thinking. Oh, You're just man, in a smaller I, boat. <laughs> <laughs> just don't know if I could do that. I, I guess they're talking about posing, posing nude for an artist. Wouldn't that be probably what they're talking about? Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're drawing the male physique today, the male anatomy, and let's meet our uh, our model. Oh, I I didn't know there were seventy five people in your class. Wow, <laughs> I just don't I don't know that I could do that. I I have great admiration for somebody who has that confidence. I had one of our excellent male listeners um, DM my Instagram and ask me if I had ever given any thought to starting an OnlyFans account. And that he would happily uh, subscribe. And I, I was like, well, I've given it a lot of thought because I feel like there's a real opening in the market for a tired working mother fixing you with an icy glare while not wearing any clothing. <laughs> surely, there's, surely there's someone out there that's into that. You no, know, I bet there is. Uh, there probably you know, don't is, dis- yeah. Sherry, all I can say that. is stop. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. That whole only things, I'm still confused. I've never been there. I'm still con- a little bit confused. I mean, are are they posing nude? Are they? It's all uh, kinds they're doing of anything. So it's it's, all it's, kinds it's of a things. mirror. Like, give me an example outside of posing nude. What, what do people do? You Bob. can learn to play flamenco guitar. I mean, literally, oh. it's everything. Yeah, it's everything oh, okay. from adult entertainment to crochet to. I mean, oh. it's everything. The thing is, you don't hear about the stuff that isn't adult. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, there's a thought. Tired working mother, buck naked, fixes you with icy glare while needle pointing. Boom. Tell me that's not a gold mine. (laughs) I think that would be a, I'm not kidding. I think that would be a gold mine, including, including the needle pointing. 
There'll be yeah. something. There's some sicko out there. Oh yeah, that would be because his mamma used to needlepoint, and now he's oh, got God. all that weird forty and stuff knotted up in his oh. head, you know. It, and so he's yes. like, oh, 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 "That's like the mamma." Oh yeah, you're right. Why am I getting up every day and coming hanging out? You are just the girl. I'm telling you, you are just the girl, and you could use your celebrity to kickstart it. Boy, well, you, I was, we I, never see it her was again. It was very flattering. It was very flattering to be. Um, to be asked, you know, if I had considered that, like, no, I hadn't right. considered that. Right, right. Well, we knew, we knew, you and I knew somebody that uh, posed nude for uh, artists, right? Very attractive uh, friend. I know a number, my daughter's an art student. I now know a number of people that do that. It doesn't pay as well as you might feel like you deserve, Bob and Lamar, to, you know, disrobe and stand like in front much? of a class of college students. Um, I think it depends on the city and the school, you know, like you're going to get paid a little more in Manhattan than you are in probably Topeka. But I think the mod, the last person that I chatted with who told me that she did some figure modeling for art classes, I think she made a hundred bucks for three hours, which is really good money. If you're, she was also a student. I mean, it's really good money if you're a student, but you probably think that people should pay a little bit more to sketch you. So I don't know that you would agree to uh, pose for Olivia's drawing class for a hundred bucks. I'd be happy if Posing. they didn't charge me to draw me. <laughs> <laughs> if they just draw me for free. <laughs> just the words, my posing naked for Olivia's drawing class. Oh, oh can my you imagine God. Olivia, honey, chit chat. He's saving up to buy Mary a very special anniversary gift. <laughs> So he's going to do some modeling for your figure drawing class naked. Chit chat. <laughs> Olivia, come back, honey. Olivia. <laughs> I thought it would be less than $100. I thought they would get like 50 bucks. I don't know why. Just because, okay, you have your clothes off, but you know, you're standing, you're hitting a pose. That's a ball. You're not doing anything else, right? Well, that, that may be harder, harder than I think. No, you're worth it. Yeah, yeah. It's harder yeah. than you think, and it's a long time. I mean, you're, yeah, and well, you're I super could, I couldn't be, I couldn't, and vulnerable. I couldn't be still and quiet long enough. I couldn't. No, oh, work. yeah. You, no, you no, can't talk. That'd be a problem. You can't talk, you. Lamar. You start talking to the artist. You, yeah. And Lamar, hey, listen. You over there. There's probably somebody that would pay to draw you naked with a gag ball in your mouth, but I don't think it's art students, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It's, it's Bob, it's Bob and, and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate. Happy hour, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Tonight, it's Bob and Sherry. This is really, I don't even know what to say. The average adult in the USA gets just 132 nights per year of awesome sleep. The rest of the year, the rest of the year is just not good. So that means that the average adult is only getting good sleep 36% of the time. The rest of the time, mm. it's tossing and turning, it's restless, um, bad dreams, fall, fall asleep, can't stay asleep. What? We can't, folks, we cannot live like this. You, we can't only get... What's causing it? That's not even What's half the it? year. Stress. Um, the stress number one mostly. cause of it yeah. is stress. And then... Yeah. In fact, um, 65% of people said it's stress and a bad night's sleep ruins the next day. If you've ever wondered why are people everywhere you go so angry? 
Why are they jumping across at judges and courtrooms and fighting with kids at fast food restaurants? Because they're Mm. tired. Yeah, that's true. That makes sense, doesn't it? And I think stress is is probably the number one cause. Whether it's you're worried about your health, you're worried about your family, your kids, you're worried about holding on to a job, you're worried about your credit cards. I mean, there's so much. But you're worried about the world, right? Yeah, that's and that's it, the other thing. Yeah. It's a little bit worse, just a tick worse for men than it is for women. But kids oh, really? are in this study too. Yeah. Men are a little bit less likely than women to get a decent night's sleep. So what? Listen to what that means. For like a third of the year, you're you're good, and the other two thirds of the year, you're exhausted and crazy and, and angry. We we gotta fix this. What are we gonna I do to fix I don't know. this? I don't know what the I'm the luckiest is. man I'm, in the world. Because you, you sleep, sleep through it every, every night? night. I sleep. I, I yeah. So I go right. I go to sleep in thirty seconds, and no, I sleep. Shut I sleep. up. Are you I'm kidding never, me? I'm never. I never toss and turn. No. There's your what? OnlyFans channel. The man <laughs> who gets a great night's sleep every night. Yeah. yeah. Tune in. That's right. It's oh, Bob yeah. and Sherry. Thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast, the Oddcast, and Talking Lamar. We would love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review. And maybe share it with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again so much for listening. Tis the month of St. Patty's Day. And here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are one in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.